0: Hello, you're listening to the podcast of Bay Ridge Christian Church. Each Sunday, our aim is to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ from the text of the Bible and to catalyze the hearts of our hearers to love and gratitude towards God and all of His creation. We hope you enjoy this teaching, and we pray that you will be encouraged to trust in Jesus today. Back in the 1830s, Hans Christian Andersen wrote a story. Uh, he, he, he published a story about a... Um, great emperor who went around, uh, his main concern was his external appearance. He wasn't anywhere near concerned with his internal character. And this emperor uh, loved to have the greatest clothing that anyone could ever have. And so uh, a couple of swindlers came to it and, and, and took advantage of him. And you know the story. The swindlers came and made some invisible clothing <laughs> and uh, said, only the one who's fit to see this clothing, is able to wear it, is able to see it. And so uh, he, he, he fell for the, the swindle as well as his, his uh, advisors and the rest of the town because nobody wanted to be seen unfit. And instead of worrying about the inner character, they were worrying about what was external. Of course, a child uh, gave one of the greatest exclamations I've ever heard. The emperor has no clothes. <laughs> and uh, of course, the, the, the jig was up. And, uh, but the guys were long gone. And uh, that's an important thing. In our society, we expect people to have clothes on. It's just the way it is, you know? Uh, No, no, it really is. Um, If I was up here in the emperor's clothing, um, well, they would have to cancel Facebook Live. It'd be Facebook dead. Um, And uh, this place would be empty. You know how they say, go out into the world? Uh, I think you would go out pretty quickly if uh, (laughs) we had the emperor's clothes on. we are not only expected to have clothes and we're expected to have clothing appropriate for the occasion. And I think about the um, wedding. Jesus gave a parable and he talked about uh, a, a gentleman who was tossed out on his ear because he did, you know, he said, how did he get in here without wedding clothes? And while it was only a story, the, the people knew exactly what he was talking about because uh, it's appropriate to wear wedding clothes to a wedding. We are also expected to wear... Uh, clothing that is um, appropriate for our occupation. And that's the angle I wanted to speak about today from the passage in uh, Colossians today that we're going to read. We wear the clothing appropriate to our occupation. And um, our new nature requires taking off our old clothing And putting on our new spiritual clothing. So if you would stand for the reading of the word of God. I'm going to read Colossians chapter 3 verses 12 through 17. And then we're going to look at dress for success. The word of God says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You may be seated. As I said in the introduction, our new nature requires that we take off some old clothing and put on some new clothing. And this passage uh, begins with, um, Colossians 3.12 begins with, The word therefore, if you can put back up the the first part of that passage there, if you don't mind. Uh, uh, Notice it says therefore, therefore. Um, I was taught when the word therefore comes, you need to see what it's there for. Because it always points back, really, it always points back to something. And in this uh, context, it points all the way back to verse 1. And I don't have that up there. But verse 1 talks about since then you have been raised with Christ. And then there's a lot that goes on, and then verse 12, therefore, back to since you've been raised with Christ. And uh, the the earlier part of the book talks about Christ being supreme above all, the head of the body, um, the creator of all, the sustainer of all. And we have his nature. We are in him, raised with him. It says in Colossians 3.3, you died, and your life is hidden with Christ. So because of that, he says in verse 5, Take off all these other things that we're not going to go into today. That, but uh, he says take off things like sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil, desires, and greed, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language. Take off the old worldly clothing. Put it away. It is not becoming of you. We want to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. And walking worthy of the Lord requires putting on a certain type of clothing. So he says here that the clothing we're to put on is in this passage, verse 12. But first of all, he says... the um, the reason for our clothing. The clothing is the virtues of Christ. And the reason for this clothing is that we are God's chosen people. We are holy and we are dearly loved. And that's important. Being holy, we are handpicked by God. Now, um, and, and, I, and I just want to say this is an analogy. I'm going to run this analogy the whole morning. But I, uh, I you can't only take it so far because... While this is, uh, I'm, I'm looking at the Christianity as a job. It's more like a career. We don't walk in and walk out. We are Christians for life. Okay, and uh, as as our brother said, it's not up to us to keep it. We can't lose it. We're not going to lose it. So therefore, it is. It's not like a job where we walk in and off, uh, walk in and out of. Also. We didn't interview for this job and and God say, "Mm, okay, you're worthy, I hire you. No, God handpicked us. He went out and said, you will be my child of God. As we surrender to him, he chose us to be his child. And so therefore, being handpicked by God, the creator of all, he is transforming us into his image, which is, it says... We are holy, that's what holiness is, is be like the Father, being like Jesus. Uh, As as my Father is holy, so ye be holy, he says. And that is being more like Jesus. He says we are dearly beloved, dearly loved. God loves us deeply and unconditionally. And we're gonna talk a little bit about love towards the end, but God loves us. He said God is love. He is love and he bestows upon us love. And because he first loved us, we love. So um, because of that unconditional love, because of the holiness, because He has chosen us, we put on these basic articles of clothing. So uh, there's a fivefold article of clothing, the first one being compassion. So let's look at this. In verse 12, he says, um, he says, "Holy and dearly loved." Uh, put on clothe yourselves with compassion. Notice he says put on clothing, clothe yourselves, put on the clothing. While we're the ones that put on the clothing, I'm going to talk about who creates the clothing in just a moment here. But the first article is compassion. Compassion is the sympathetic pity and concern for the sufferings or misfortunes of others. And that is something that is sadly lacking i hear in our conversation today as believers we get so caught up in the world's way of talking and walking that when we start talking about things we believe in strongly it's okay to talk about that but not in the terms that the world brings we are we still need to remember to have compassion compassion allows us to comfort those who are suffering um in second corinthians chapter 1 You know the passage where God says he is the God of all comfort? Well, before that, he says he is the father of compassion. And in that very context, compassion and comfort go together. As compassionate people, we are the comforters. We are God's arm to comfort, to put our uh, hands on the shoulder on the back of somebody and bestow upon them comfort. It's not our comfort. It is the comfort of the Lord. But it is through the compassion. It is a deeply emotional and consideration of others. He, uh, I like the King James translation. The old King James says, bowels of mercy. Yeah. Bowels is as deep as you can go <laughs> in, in our language. And from the depths of our being, we are to be compassionate. As passionate as we are about our issues, we need to remember as Christians, we need to become passionate of others. And um, I know Jesus demonstrates compassion uh, towards the woman at the well. That is a great illustration. And keep in mind, as we go through this clothing, that Jesus is the ultimate example of all of this clothing. Right? Amen? He has the the best clothes, if you will. Jesus uh, told that woman at the well, go. Does anybody condemn you? Neither do I. And they didn't condemn because they had compassion. They didn't condemn because they were under conviction and they got up out of there. But Jesus didn't have that problem. Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. He had compassion upon her. So that's the type of life we need to live. That's the first article of clothing is clothe ourselves with compassion. Not only compassion, but kindness. Kindness is a very difficult word. To define, Because we all know what kindness is. We know when we receive it. We know when we uh, don't receive it. But what is kindness? It's just, I don't know. It's just being nice, right? It, it, I mean, that's just what it is. It really is just being nice. Having or showing a friendly, generous, or considerate nature. So it's related to the compassion. Um, with kindness, we have the other person's best interests at heart. That's what we're looking at, being kind. Um, When something happens to me, I can be rude to someone or I can be kind to someone. And it is easier to be in my old nature, the old clothing, but the new clothing says, be kind. Even if we disagree with someone, even if someone really ticks us off, let's be kind. Jesus was kind. God says in Romans 2, 4, God says that, it is it is paul says it is god's kindness that leads to our repentance our repentance is walking one way and having a change of mind and heart and walking the other way from the world back towards the lord it is the lord that works that out in our lives and it is uh, initiated through his kindness he didn't have to do that it is kindness and that's what our kindness does our kindness will lead Others towards uh, repentance it's not us who cause people to repent it is Christ it is God but he uses our kindness Uh, Charlene when I was uh, dating her she had a friend and I absolutely could not stand this girl I just couldn't stand her and you know why she was too nice I could not stand anybody that nice and that kind because I needed uh, it, it, it shined the spotlight of my shortcomings on me through her just being godly. And that's what our kindness does to others. Um, They may not like us, but it's not that they don't like our personality. It's that they don't like the conviction they're under that God puts them under. It's not us. Amen? All right. So uh, not only compassion and kindness, but thirdly, put on humility. Humility is lowliness of mind. It is considering others ahead of ourselves. So again, it's related to the other articles of clothing, these basic articles. Um, In Philippians 2, 3, um, the passage says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others uh, uh, above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. That is our picture. That is our model. Jesus is our model of humility. And it's real key right there. It says... Um, In humility do nothing out of selfish ambition and vain conceit Rather in humility value others above yourselves There's the picture, there's the definition Valuing others more than ourselves Humility is a bowing, a bowing low And in bowing low the purpose is to be able to raise together all together Um, We're either going to be humble or proud God says he resists the proud but gives grace to the humble And so we're either going to bow down or in pride we're going to fall down. He said pride comes before a fall. And I'm telling you what, it's a lot softer to bow than it is to fall. Amen? (laughs) So uh, he says every knee will bow. Right in the same passage in Philippians, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. So it's either we do it now willingly or we do it against our will later on. So humility is the third piece. The fourth piece of clothing is gentleness. Gentleness is related to humility. And by the way, it is not weakness. The old King James word was meekness. And I think because it rhymes with weakness, we get confused. Let's not think of meekness as, or, or, or gentleness as being a weakness. But it is a strength. It is a strength of character where a person can resist their own rudeness and self-assertion. So there, you see how all these clothings go together? Um, as we uh, are tempted... To be rude and assert our own selves, gentleness would do the opposite. Gentleness would be uh, kind and compassionate and humble. Um, Jesus is an example of gentle. Uh, uh, gives us a, an example of gentleness when the mob comes after him uh, the night that he is arrested and taken away to be crucified. Peter comes and whacks off the ear of the, the, the high priest's servant, which Jesus heals, by the way. Um, that's interesting. And then he says, put away your sword. Do you not know that, or do you not think that I can call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? I don't know about you, but... I don't think 12 legions of angels is going to be needed to take out a, a mob. I think one angel could do it. You know what I mean? Uh, I really do. But Jesus said he could call. That would be over a, a half million angels. He could call at his disposal. Not only that, Jesus could at a word or just with a look uh, wipe them out. He really could. He had the power to do that. And as a matter of fact, in that same passage, Jesus When they first said uh, came up to him, he looked at them, and they fell as dead men. They saw his holiness for just a moment, and uh, his his God. And um, he had that power, but in gentleness, in gentleness, he said, we do not fight this way. And uh, that is our example. That is one of our examples, many examples that we have in Scripture. So not only compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness, but fifthly, patience. Clothe yourselves in patience. Now, patience is, and this is an online dictionary definition, but I love this definition. Patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. I think I want to say that again. It is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. Wow. Wow, Um, (laughs) how impatient we can be. Jesus said, clothe ourselves with patience. And my goodness, when somebody is not ready when I'm ready, it's okay when I'm not ready when they're ready. That's that's another story, that's fine. You know, have a little patience with me. But for me to have patience, that's really difficult, but that's what he's calling us to do. Patience is allowing others time and not giving up on them. All right? I'm through with you is impatient. I'm done. Uh, Jesus on Calvary, on, on the cross, when Jesus stretched out on the cross, willingly, as we already talked about, he could have got the, the legions of angels or whatever. He's on the cross. And Jesus did not say, Father, wipe them out because they've just hurt your son. They've just nailed your son to the cross. And that is against you. That is a picture of them hating you, God. Wipe them out. No. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Ah, nail in the arm. <clears throat> nail in the other arm. <clears throat> nail in the feet. For they don't know what they're doing. Father, forgive them. That is patience. That is also some of the other articles as well. But forgiving, com- completing the story of not giving up on them. And uh, in this passage, it actually says um, after that, I don't have that highlighted, but it does say that, um, let me go back to that passage up here. It says, um, forgive after it says, uh, it says bear with each other and forgive one another if you have any grievance against each other. That is a picture of patience. Forgive and bear with each other. Um, God showed his patience with the children of, of Israel in the wilderness, how many times would you or I have just been done with them? Amen? I mean, I'm reading through it and I'm done with them. I'm like, God, can we get to another part of Scripture? Because I'm done with these people. <laughs> and they just keep going on and on and on and tempting him and testing Him and, and complaining and whining and groaning and moaning. And God says, out of that people, I will build a nation. And that people is a great nation that brings forth the Savior. But when we wipe people out, we uh, ruin the program that God wants to work out in our relationship with that person and in the greater testimony of what he wants to do through our relationships. And notice that all five of these articles of clothing deal with relationships with other people. Amen. Now, the second part of the clothing, we have five basic articles of clothing, uh, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. And then in verse 14, he says, and over all these virtues, put on love. Love is the next uh, thing that we need to. and, And in this picture, it is a binding. It is a holding. It's like the suspenders of these clothing. It keeps it all together. All right. But in a sense, love permeates all the parts of the clothing. Every article that we put on that we talked about earlier, every article is funneled through The article of love. So we put on love. We love because God first loved us. He says in 1 John 4, 19. He says God is love in 1 John chapter 3. And because we have the nature of God. And scripture says that he is love. We too must demonstrate that love one to another. I feel like when we try to love the way we handle love. I feel really like. God is saying, you keep using that word. I don't think you know what that word means. I don't think it means what you think it means. Um, My... (laughs) My, my my hero, Inigo Montoya, right? Amen. But um, no, I feel like he says that, but in actuality, it would be more accurate to say he knows we don't know what that word means. He knows that there's a different definition. We love the way we want to love conditionally. God says that is agape, love. That is an unconditional love that we are to put on. And we are to walk in the clothing of loving all of humanity. Every person that comes with us, Path. He says in Scripture that we are to love our enemies. He says um, we are to love our spouses. We are love love church. We are to love his church. We are to love him. Everybody we are to love. Love unbelievers. Love the love believers. It doesn't matter. We are to love unconditionally, and God says, "I don't think it." Or God says, "He He knows what it means. He gives us a, a, a definition of what it means, and He says that love is patient, love is kind. It doesn't envy. It's not boastful. It does. It's not proud. It doesn't dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil. It rejoices with the truth. It protects. It trusts. It hopes. It perseveres. It never fails." That's the love that God's talking about. And in case you're wondering, for those of you that don't know, most of you know, it's 1 Corinthians 13. That is the love chapter. That is our basic treatise on love. If we want to know just the basis of love, what it is, uh, chew on, first, uh, on 1 Corinthians 13. That's what that is. That's God's definition of love. So... Um, we wear all these clothing, we put on kindness, we put on compassion, we put on humility, we put on patience, and we put the other one on. Gentleness, thank you. <laughs> and, uh, and we bind them all together with love. The, the, the next passage, the next part of this talks about um, the peace of God. And the peace of God and the message of God... I like to look at in this context, in, in this uh, analogy, as being our tailor. The one who puts it together is Jesus Christ. And the reason it's all put together is because of the peace of Christ and the word of Christ. Okay? So um, I, I like to look at, first of all, the peace of Christ is our ruler. In verse 15, um, he says, Let the message, or let the peace of Christ, I'm sorry, rule in your hearts, since, you, since as members of one body you were called to peace. So, A, peace is our ruler. It is the, it is almost like it's a, um, Almost like it's a mirror. We can see if the clothing is on right through the piece. It's ruling in our hearts. It is like our tailor. He put it together. It is like um, like an umpire or, 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 or an official. It officiates. And the piece that he's talking about there, and we were called to peace. The second point is peace is our calling. We are called to walk in peace and to exude the peace. And the piece he's talking about is Irene. It's where we get the name Irene from. Um, it is not a piece that does not succumb to storms that does there's no storm it's not a stormless peace it is a peace that can sleep inside a boat where everyone else on the boat thinks they're going to drown that's the kind of peace he's talking about you know you think how could Jesus sleep when the apostles were about to sink and they were fishermen a lot of they knew the seas and they knew they were done they were done and they said, "Lord, how can you sleep at this time?" And it's not because he was so tired. It was because he was full of peace. And that's what we can do spiritually is sleep in the storms of life. Not sleep through them, but sleep in them. We can rest because when chaos is going on around us, we are peaceful. And that is what God one of the things that God uses to reach unbelievers. How can you be peaceful at that time? How is that possible? But when we get caught up in the water cooler and, and talking just like they talk, and I'm not talking at you, I'm talking with you about me as included, when we get caught up in talking just like the world, in dressing just like the world, we get the results of the world. Nobody gets saved. Amen? God uses us, and it's not that nobody gets saved. Don't take that too far, because he'll just use somebody else. He'll use somebody's donkey if he has to. <laughs> Amen? All right? So, the second uh, part of that tailoring is the message of Christ. The message of Christ is our companion. All right, it, the, let the message of Christ in verse 16 dwell among you richly, and it also a different translation says, dwell in you. The actual, actuality is the, the message of Christ or the word of Christ is in us, and, and, and it comes out through our very pores. Uh, it is the, what uh, leads us and guides us and guards us, uh, our hearts, not only to peace, but the message. And the message of Christ is the gospel. The gospel, the gospel message, the good news that Jesus was uh, born, died, uh, died, buried, resurrected on the third day and saves us from our sin. That whole message is our life. Amen? Our whole life should be that. And so that's, Jesus is the one who puts this clothing together. And if we have the peace of God ruling in our hearts and the word of God coming out of us as, as, as a constant companion we will be able to clothe ourselves. Finally, the ways of Christ, uh, through this analogy, I like to say it's our job description, the ways of Christ. We are going to live as Christ has us to live. Now, let me just say two things about job description. Number one, uh, in job description, uh, this passage only talks about one thing. I'm only gonna talk about one part of it. And the other thing, let's get the point first, and then I'll get to the second thing. The first thing is... um, is let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Teaching and admonishing one another, that is a very important part of our job description, if I can use that term. Um, We are called to be witnesses out there, but in here we are called to be admonishers, encouragers, uh, uh, exhorters. We love each other and we work together. We, in that that humble picture, we're all humbled together to help raise each other up as an army or like I used the word as a legion, as an army of God going out bringing the message of the gospel that we're carrying with us at all times That gospel message is ours as we encourage each other and exhort each other. That's one of the reasons we're here. We're here to worship God, and through that worship, we are here to build each other up. So let everything we do be a building up, and that's part of our job description. Now, the other thing I wanted to say about a job description is, you ever get a job description at work, and you get two points or four points or eight points or 22 points, but always the last one is other duties as assigned. I have often thought, why don't they save paper and save uh, ink and just put your job description is duties as a (laughs) sign. You know, everything you can possibly think of is wrapped up in duties, other duties as a sign, whatever we ask you to do. And that's the basic core of this whole thing is what God calls us to do, no matter what it is, we are to do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen? Amen. Do everything. So when we're... And, and I like what Frank, St. Francis of said that uh, we are to preach the gospel at all times and when necessary use words. So we're walking the gospel and as we're walking as we're teaching and preaching the gospel to people we are to do it in the name of the Lord. As we're uh, singing and admonishing one another in Psalms, hymns and songs of the Spirit we are to do it in the name of the Lord. As we're sitting in Bible study we're to do it in the name of the Lord but also as we're serving coffee we are to do it in the name of the Lord. When we're at uh, Dunkin Donuts we're to do it all in the name of the Lord. When we're walking our, dog we're to do it in the name of the Lord when we're pumping gas we're to do it in the name of the Lord when we're watching the football game when the Browns are gonna beat the the, the, uh, Ravens today we oh that wasn't in the notes Um, we're to do it all in the name of the Lord that is what he requires us to do that is as I said other duties as a sign whatever we do so um, let's apply this word Am I a true believer in Christ? One of the things I like to, to, to always do is present the opportunity for those who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes we come to church and we think we're believers. But I'm going to tell you, he um, in scripture relates um, salvation to a new birth. A birth birth. And a lot of people just kind of just osmos into being a Christian or ooze or smooze into being a Christian. It doesn't happen any more than we uh, osmosed into being born. We weren't born and then bam, at that moment we were born. And then we lived from that moment on. And there has to be a time when we gave our hearts to the Lord that we know that he is our Lord. And he says in, in, the, in the scripture, today is the day of salvation. So if you don't know the Lord, please see one of us. See one of the elders. See someone who can lead you to Christ. Because, you know, I like to say, if you don't know, don't go. Don't leave here and not know that you're not a believer because tomorrow is not promised. And uh, wearing the clothing of Christ, when we don this, uh, try to put on that clothing that I just talked about, it is sort of like an unbeliever It is sort of like, um, wearing the Wall Street clothes, you know, the, the, the big businessman, uh, stock traders or whatever clothing, and working in the, the coal mines. It's just, it, you know, it, it doesn't make you clean. It just makes you have dirty clothing. Um, the second thing I'd like to say about applying the word is, am I consciously dressing in the virtues of Christ daily? Or am I continuing to walk with worldly spiritual clothing on? Am I still talking and walking the way I used to? Because that is inappropriate for the believer, and that is sort of uh, uh, like—I um, I got the illustration mixed up, didn't I? The um, this is sort of like going wearing good clothing and going down into mines. The other one, being an unbeliever, is trying to wear good clo- is trying to wear dirty clothing and be in the wedding uh, in, in that 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 particular situation am I walking in the way in the ways of Christ daily with love binding everything that I do um, does the peace of Christ rule in my heart daily am I walking in that peace that we talked about am I daily in the word and in prayer with God am I daily in God's word um, because what goes in does come out and that's one of the reasons why uh, it, you know we he says uh, we have worldliness in it's going to come out um, and you uh, We need to put the word of God in and the ways of God in and think like he thinks. And as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That's what's going to come out in our lives. And we are going to be able to don these clothes. When we um, understand that we are risen with Christ, our life is hidden with Christ in the heavenlies. And our minds and our hearts should be set on, on heavenly things, not spiritual things. Uh, we are to then allow ourselves to remind ourselves daily, Lord, help me to take off that old worldly clothing and put on the virtues of Christ, of kindness, compassion, gentleness, humility, and patience, and bind it together with love, Lord, and let me walk in your ways, and so use me to reach a lost and dying generation. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you this morning for the opportunity to hear your word and to uh, be encouraged by it. I pray that if there's one, someone here who doesn't know Jesus Christ, that they would not leave here without knowing Christ as their savior and Lord, Lord. And I pray that those who do, that we would be encouraged to walk in your ways, as the scripture says, to clothe ourselves with these virtues of Christ and to walk humbly before our Lord and that you would get the results out of our lives and reach those who are lost and who need you desperately, Lord. Help us to go out of here more like you than when we came in here and you receive the glory in our lives. For it's in the name and through the blood of Jesus Christ we pray and thank you, amen. Amen. Now we ask you to stand and receive the benediction of the Lord. The benediction comes from Hebrews uh, chapter 13. Verse 20 and 21. And now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing in him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Go in the blessing of the Lord. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Bay Ridge Christian Church. For more teachings and resources, please visit www.brcc.church.